And once we get that right, which is for me the most important thing, that they have, first of all, respect. The second one is commitment. The third one, passion. Those three ingredients are non-negotiable. Hello and welcome to the Non-Negotiables podcast. I'm Gavin and I'm joined today for the first time from his new home in Europe. Justin, how are you doing, Jazz? Hey, Gav. Doing all right. How are you? Good. Good, mate. Um, before we start, Jazz, we, me and Pass promised the audience that you'd give them a little insight into what your move was like and the shenanigans that went on. So can you just take us through your move to Europe? Because it sounded fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So basically we didn't hire a moving company or anything. So everything that we packed, we basically checked on the airplane. Um, so we had about six big bags and then we have four animals, two pretty large dogs and two very large cats. Um, a day before our flight with KPN, um, they canceled on us. Their alternative flight was kind of rough. We had a direct from Miami to Amsterdam for our original flight and they couldn't give us a direct. They also couldn't guarantee that our pets would be on the same flight. So we got rerouted to Madrid and then we were supposed to jump on a plane about three hours later to Amsterdam. They couldn't accommodate us with the pets. So we had to taxi to a uh, Madrid hotel and spend the night there with all the animals, all four of them and all our bags. And uh, that was really difficult to find a cab that would even take us. Um, then on, I don't even remember what day this is, Tuesday morning, I think, uh, we slept in, we missed our alarm uh, with the last taxi or the, the taxi that we needed to be on from the airport to the hotel or from the hotel to the airport. We had to be on it at 530. We woke up at 523. Um, so we scrambled. We actually did make it. Uh, I, I mean, it's it's just crazy. The The amount of like, walking that we did with these animals and all these bags just me my wife and my six-year-old was was nuts anyway so we you know everything goes okay in madrid uh we stood in line for about 90 minutes waiting on someone that could actually check in the pets so that was fun but then getting to uh shipple uh amsterdam's airport we, me and my wife each had two, uh, like luggage trolleys and, you know, you have to hold the, the, the thing down to make them go, you know, the brake is automatic when you release it. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard to do with like one hand. So we're, we're doing that through the airport. We're getting all these looks. Uh, I, I mean, it, it was just a mess, man. And we barely slept, you know, the whole time. Um, even, even, even loading the pets up into uh we had transit arranged from the airport to our home in 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 Harlem Netherlands and uh even that was crazy I mean the whole thing I mean I'm sorry if it's not a funnier story but it, it just like it, it was insane the amount of misfortune that we had and I, I just I can't believe it <laughs> yeah well it does it, it sounds like it was a, a fun trip so you're gonna you're gonna do it again next week where, where you're gonna move to next thinking Paris or or maybe further <laughs> maybe further afield maybe take yourself to Tokyo no it's actually really funny my my wife today said she she said uh so can I go ahead and start like planning our our Christmas vacation <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was like I'm not going anywhere for a while like let, <laughs> let me just <laughs> 
Well, you made it there safe, and uh, all the animals are safe. So that's that's the main thing, and, uh, and the, the kids safe, and you're all you're all ready to go and start again. So, good good yep. stuff. Well, we're glad you made it. Yep, so, thanks, man. yeah, back in Arsenal world. Um, I uh, I actually spent the weekend in uh, Rhode Island. Uh, mm-hmm. Big shout out to the Rhode Island Gooners who um, who hosted me at the uh, at the Hope Street Pizza restaurant where they watch their games there's a nice bar there in the back that everyone sits around um and that was really that was really good um had a great time there met some cool people and uh yeah that was that was really good it was just a shame about the about the result really so let's talk about the week just um yeah. it's been a it's been a mixed bag this week really because we had a bad result at villa in a game where mm-hmm. i didn't think we played badly then we had a good result yesterday in a game that I could barely be bothered to watch. Um, I'll be honest; it was it really wasn't even gripping my attention. It was just it was just a game that had to be got out of the way. Um, where do you stand? How do you feel at the end of this at the end of this week? Because I was I was pretty low on Sunday. Um, I think Pass was even lower than me, which is uh, unusual. But where do you stand now? Now now the dust has settled a little bit. Oh uh, yeah, it, it's a pretty tough one. I think um, you know, obviously the the Villa result was 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 really rough, and and especially you know just the salt in the wound of it being Unai Emery uh, kind of coming back to haunt us. Um, but I, I I can't I don't really have any you know complaints about the PSV game. Honestly, I mean we we topped our group. Um, you know we're through to the next round, the the knockout stages. We uh, were able to get you know some fringe players in I thought Reese Nelson looked really good overall I, I mean I just really hope you know I mean now it's all about bouncing back in the league right I mean we have to bounce back in the league we you know we've got Champions League done till next year till February and um, you know if if we can get a three points in the next game you know it, I, I think it, it it'll be fine it'll be mostly forgotten yeah let's take the Champions League First, I think the easiest way because the Champions League was already done and dusted. Basically, we were already through. We were already through top. That game didn't matter. There's been a furor about Mikel not bringing the kids on. I didn't expect him to bring the kids on. I've I've got to be honest with you. I've you know we know at this point what Mikel is. Um, yeah. I also think there might be something that we don't know in terms of the sports science. You know, you, you know, I've never been a big believer in rest and rotation anyway. But it seems like no big clubs believe in rest and rotation even Bayern Munich who had a dead rubber at Old Trafford last night um, I mean they played it at walking pace but they put a first team out like this this idea of rotating in the kids it just doesn't happen these days yeah I think that's um, probably the only downside to being in these elite competitions and um, I don't know if it's you know just um, recency bias but I feel like we've seen a decent amount of kids, uh, you know, blooded in because we've been in the Europa League, you know, for several years now. I mean, Saka and Smith Rowe came through in the Europa League, you know. I mean, Eddie and, and Reese have gotten a lot of their minutes there. And we had much uh, smaller squads then, though. To be fair, like like we've got two 11s that you can you can put out. I mean, I know we're missing a couple through injury at the minute, um, but we have a big squad. Yeah, we do. We we do have a big squad, and and you know, I, I um. Like just personally, I would have loved to have seen more of the kids. Uh, you know, Sosa I've barely gotten a look at, and Enwaniri, you know, would have been great. 
Um, but I, I don't have any anger, you know, frustration about it. I didn't expect it either. I'm with you. It's, it's, it would have been a nice, you know, positive, but it, you know, it's just unrealistic at this point. The only bit that, that kind of, I guess, made me go, oh, really? Was bringing on Jesus on 87 minutes. Yeah. Like, yeah. like yeah. to me, that just seems <laughs> utterly pointless. If you're going to do that, just bring Wayne Airy on. Yeah. Like, why are you doing that? It, it just, you know, and I, this, I've never understood this with the rotation when they put players on the bench. Like, if you're going to do it, do it. Don't do it half-assed. Why take Jesus out there and make him play three minutes? It just, yeah. that, that I find kind of bizarre. But it is what it is, um, you know, and we got a draw. And I just, I was just finishing reading, actually. Do you know how much, uh, do you know how much Arsenal have earned so far in the Champions League? No, no I haven't seen it. 77 million euros is what they've got so far. By playing the group stage, four wins gets you four win bonuses. Um, and then that includes playing in the round of 16. Obviously, that'll increase the further you go. But as it stands right now, 77 million euros is what Arsenal have earned from the Champions League. So that's kind of what we've been missing being out. That's why we spent big to get back in here, because now all of a sudden we're levelling the playing field a little bit with some of the teams that we're competing with, because we've been out of it for a long time. Yeah, well, that's a Havertz and a sixth of another Havertz. That's that's pretty good, pretty good yeah. money. Um, yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, in terms of in terms of you know, like I said, you knew we were through. We knew we were through top. So we're going to get someone who's second. So it became a little bit clearer last night. So mm-hmm. uh, our possibilities are Copenhagen, Napoli, Inter Milan. And then it looks as though right now it's either Atletico or Lazio. It's it depending. It looks like PSG from Group F, but that obviously all depends on what happens at Newcastle today. Yep. Um, Leipzig are are definitely second in the Manchester City group, and then it looks like it's going to be one of Porto or Shakhtar Donetsk. Um, out of that lot, I'm assuming we would all like to see Copenhagen come out of the uh, come out of the hat after our name. Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I don't want Donetsk <laughs> like Shakhtar. I, I feel like um, maybe maybe this is recency bias, but I feel like we've had some rough results there, haven't we? Like in the past, it just seems like a well, it's a, it's a long journey. Yeah. It's going to be shit weather, which obviously it's going to be in Copenhagen as well. And to be fair, it also will be in London <laughs> at the end of February. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, you know, the, it's not going to be as bad as it is in Donetsk. So it's going to be, you know, it, it, that's, I think, I, I agree with you. I don't want, I don't want Shakhtar. Um, other than that, I'm not really bothered. I guess you can say Napoli maybe are the scariest out of the. I, I favor us still against Napoli. Maybe I teams. mean Atletico. Maybe how are, they're they're they've kind of fallen off though, haven't they? I don't really follow La Liga very well. Yeah, I mean maybe that PSG. Obviously, if they finish runners up to Dortmund, um, then PSG could be the could be the team that you kind of not not fear but kind of don't want. But in all honesty, there's not really anyone in anyone in there that I would fear no I have to agree um I I mean especially over two legs I I'd I'd pick us over just about anybody but I I mean I guess I'm a fan too you know (laughs) yeah I mean but but, like I look at this I look at this Champions League and I see three teams that can beat us in this Champions League I see Manchester City yeah I see Real Madrid yeah and and Bayern no us 
Oh. <laughs> I think if we lose to Bayern, it's because we've decided to lose to Bayern. We've done exactly what we did at Villa Park when we should have put the game to bed and didn't do it. Yeah, well, I mean, that's pretty pretty possible. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I get your point. Uh, Bayern would be one that I'd want to avoid for sure, at least until the the later rounds. Um, but, yeah, I agree. Madrid and, and, and City are the ones we are the ones I don't and, want. And I, even with even with Madrid, it's just because they've got this weird voodoo in the Champions League. I don't know what it is about Real Madrid and this competition. They could field a team of drunken guys from the pub the night before and still winning this competition. I don't know what it is, but they've got something in this competition. Yeah, it's it's really insane their performances. I mean, I remember uh was I it my was it last year or the year before where they they really weren't playing that they, well. When they won it the year before, they were they yeah. were awful. They should yep. have been battered by PSG. They yep. snuck through. They should have been battered by Chelsea. They snuck through. They should have been 4-0 down against Man City inside about 20 minutes and managed to sneak through. And then they beat Liverpool in the final. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just insane luck. You know, it's like it's like their name is pretty much almost always written on the trophy as at least a shot every season, no matter how shit they are. Yeah, Liverpool have got a little bit of that in this competition as well. I've yeah. seen some bad Liverpool teams go pretty far. I mean, the one, the famous one in Istanbul, that was not a good Liverpool team. That, yep. won it, that won it that year. So, um, yeah, there's there's just some teams have got something with this competition. And, of course, we don't have it with this competition. Do you know what I mean? Like, we are probably the yeah. biggest club never to have won it, I would I would say. We're the biggest club never to won Champions League, you reckon? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, PSG's never won it, right? No, but they're not really a big club. They weren't even founded until the 70s. They're just a little provincial club with shakes oil money. They're not a big club. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I think we're the we're the biggest club never to have won it, and we, I would love to see us put that right this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as much as I I uh you know want the league, I think there's just something uh you know special, kind of more exotic about the Champions League, you know. And for me, it's because I've never seen it. You know, what I mean, like I've seen yeah. us lose one, but I've never seen it. You know, I had a season to give five league titles. I've been very very fortunate with that. I've been to Wembley, seen FA Cup wins at Wembley, seen it at mm-hmm. the Legend Stadium. Um, but I've never seen a Champions League win, so that is that is the one thing that I really, really want. Yeah, and it's, I mean, this doesn't matter at all, but it is kind of the one stick I feel like rival fans have to beat us with. Is a hundred percent? Yeah, I, I think that does matter. I do think mm-hmm. it does matter. We've said it countless times. Our record in Europe is nothing short of disgraceful for the size yeah. of club we are. It really is an embarrassment. It's a stain on the club. Um, and I think we need to start putting that. We need to start putting that right. And I do think this group of players have got a chance. Yeah, I do too. Especially, you know, I mean, hopefully this year didn't come too soon because I think our competition is all a little bit down. But uh, I, I even think, you know, we, we've, like you said, we've got a good shot this year, even. Yeah, and we'll be back in it next year. I mean, I'm not, I'm not yeah, worried about a top, <laughs> top four spot. Yeah, I'm not, I'm yeah. not overly concerned about a top four spot. Like, there's no. I, I do not see a world in which four teams finish above us in the Premier League unless something truly weird happens. You know, it's it's funny. Uh, I, I don't want to uh, get us off track too much, but um, it's funny all the uh, all the people popping off about Villa now and if they're title contenders and that they're pretty much a lock for top four. And uh, I, I finish in top four. They ain't finishing top four. I tell I, you that now. I don't think so either, but I, I was listening to uh, uh, the Athletic 
football podcast and they had a, you know, Ornstein on there and uh, just all of them were just going like nuts about Villa and how great of a manager Emery is and blah, blah, blah. Listen, we've seen this movie before and we yeah. know how this movie <laughs> yeah. ends, right? We know how this movie ends. You've seen it before. You've seen it at nearly every club he's ever been at. He has a spell like this at some point and then it goes drastically wrong. This is this is his MO. I mean, even the last season at Villarreal, he got to the semi-final of the Champions League and finished 12th in the league and didn't win an away game all season. We we know how this movie is going to end. What we don't know is at what point does the plot twist come? His I agree by the way, but his underlying metrics with Villa with Villa are better or quite a bit better than they were with us, but I noticed his away record is still pretty shaky. Yeah, I mean, and look I've seen a few Villa games this season, not a ton, but I've seen a few. And I watched the one where they won at Tottenham a couple of weeks ago, which was hilarious. I loved them winning at Tottenham. I thought it was fantastic. Mate, they should have been they should have been 9-1 down at half time. Spurs had three goals disallowed that probably were right. I think one or two of them were tight, but they missed chance after chance after chance after chance. Villa should have been absolutely battered that game. And they've come well, away with a win. It's Spurs, mate. Exactly. So they get battered <laughs> even when they're at home. And that's the, that's the thing. But it's, you know, this it isn't going to last. I, I guarantee you it isn't yeah. going to last. We've seen this before. We know how this ends. There was one statement I wanted to bring up. This And this is from Ornstein's mouth, which is why I, I, I feel like it, it needs to be said. But, you know, what he was he was talking about Emery and, and he said, uh, you know, and then when Arsenal uh, sacked him, it came as a shock to him. And I... I just, I, I literally had to like stop what I was doing and just be like, what? It was a shock. I mean, we were dreadful, dreadful. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was the worst time of my Arsenal supporting life was that particularly that second season under Emery was the worst. I sat through nil, nil draw after nil, nil draw in 94, 95 under George Graham when it was going wrong there. I sat through some awful, awful times towards not even the end of Arsene Wenger, what should have been the end of Arsene Wenger, but he still dragged it out for another five or six years at this point. I remember Swansea at home when Michu scored and we lost 2-0 and we're all coming out and we're saying, well, that's got to be the end now. That's got to be the end now. And it wasn't, and it carried on and carried on. But that that few months at the start of Emery's second season before we finally got rid, that is the lowest point that I can remember as an Arsenal fan. Yeah, I mean, I've not been a fan as, as near as long as you, but same for me as well. I mean, it was just, it was just torture. I, I didn't even, I mean, I still watched every game, but I didn't enjoy like a single one of them. You know, no. maybe the, that North London Derby that year, the three-two, uh, was that the? Uh... Yeah, but this, but this is the, this is the thing with with this. I don't understand how we still keep getting mentioned in the same breath as Emery all the time. He was with us for like sixteen months. He's a yeah. tiny, tiny little blip on our history. It's nothing to do with us, Harry's doing at Villa. I, I really, I, I don't like Unai Emery. I'll be, I'll be blatant and straight up about that. I don't like it. I don't like what he did at Arsenal. I, I don't like him as a manager. I just, I just don't like him. But it's nothing to do with us how he's doing at Aston Villa. It would have, if he'd have stayed with us, we might have got relegated. It was the right decision to get rid of him. It was the wrong decision to hire him. But whatever, it's done. I don't understand how every single thing he does is contextualized in a way to slam us. I just, I don't get it. I don't understand why this needs constantly linking with us. 16 months, that's, that's as long as he was here. He is a tiny little blip on the history of Arsenal Football Club. 
So forget about it. I think it's more about Emery himself. I, I would say his probably the, his worst performance as a manager was was Arsenal. You know, um, he, he failed to win the league at PSG, and that's a difficult that's achievement bad. too. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I, I would say you know, considering like the Europa League and the horrible second year, I mean, it, it's it's more of a blip on his his career, I think, than it is about dragging Arsenal through the mud. But you also know, anytime you know Arsenal, United, those kind of clubs get brought up, you know, it's it's more hits, more links. You know, it's it's all it's all clickbait. Yeah, I just I don't know, I just don't. I just don't see any other manager out there that spent such little time at a club that everything they do has to be seen through that prism. That's, that's, that's just the bit I don't get. Like there's, there's no other manager that this happens to. So I I don't get it with Emery, but I'm just, like I said, I'm just glad he don't manage us anymore. Let Villa do what they do. I think they've had a great start to the season. They will fall off, whatever. I read an article, um, uh, it's been a few months now, but it, it stuck with me because it was so funny. But it was talking about, you know, Carlo Ancelotti in, in Madrid. And it said, former Everton manager, Carlo Ancelotti. <laughs> yeah, but this is this is exactly the point. Like, why does why does that not get brought up or every time Ancelotti wins something? Like, until you said that, I'd forgot he was even at Everton. Why, yeah. why is it not every time Ancelotti wins something? Why is Everton not brought up? Do you know what I mean? Like, it just, it doesn't make any sense to me the way that, how out of proportion, this is all blown. He came, he tried it, it didn't work, we sacked him, we all moved on. End of story. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. I don't really understand it either. But, you know, it's... It is what it is, right? I mean, it's going to yeah. keep happening, you know? Yeah, but that, that, to me, that made that made the defeat at the weekend even worse because, of that, oh, because I knew what was coming afterwards you know and, and let's be fair it's a game we completely outplayed them in I mean they yeah. had that you know someone said to someone said to me in a, in a whatsapp group I mean oh that first half was end to end no it wasn't they had one shot which was the goal after like four minutes or whatever it was we battered them we just couldn't score we missed some massive chances there were some more bad refereeing decisions that I really don't want to get into um do you, do you, have you got any interest really in rehashing these that the elbow to the face and the goal and all that is there anything you want to say on it because i'm kind of done with a referees no. but if you want to talk about it then then you can go ahead no i i, I don't no i i don't either i'm just it's i'm just bored beating a dead horse yeah i'm i'm bored of talking about it now we we know there were bad refereeing decisions there um yeah. i have you heard anything yet about Arteta and this FA charge from Newcastle because apparently today they were supposed to be announcing whatever it was that they were going to do. So I, I I'm not going to lie. I've been I've been a little bit out of the uh, the 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 football sphere for the last week or so. I, I've tried to catch the games when I can, but I, I'm I'm not near as up to date as I as I try to be before we do a podcast. Um, I've not seen anything on it personally. Um, my apologies. No, I don't think the reason I was asking is I don't think anything has really has has come out yet. But they said it was going to be today, but I think they've changed their mind. I mean, I know there's a conspiracy theory out there that all this is designed to uh, drag it out so he's banned from the touchline at Anfield, which doesn't make much sense to me because I think it's more compelling TV to have Klopp and Arteta on the sideline rather than yeah. off. Yeah, but, um, yeah, it doesn't look like anything's come out yet. I certainly haven't seen anything anywhere. No, yeah, I mean, most of the stuff I'm seeing is is like five days ago, news from five days ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it doesn't look like anything's come of it yet. Um, yeah, so we'll wait and see that. Did you see the um, Did you see the referee get attacked in Turkey at the weekend? 
I did. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy stuff. And did you see uh, who made the comment about it? Peter uh, Walton. P- yep. Yeah. Came out yeah. and said that uh, that it was basically Mikel Arteta and Jurgen Klopp's fault that it happened. Yeah. Which is um, an interesting, interesting take there by Peter Walton, I've got to say. Yeah, I, I saw that and, and, and was, was pretty annoyed. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't know what's the deal with uh, Arteta, you know. I don't, you know what? I don't even think Arteta has said anything particularly bad. I mean, the Zerbi's comments were far worse than anything Arteta said. Arteta, I mean, I don't know what he's done that he's so bad, but they've had it in from him since the start. I mean, look at the look at the Charity Shield. They, they were looking for that book in the Charity Shield, and sure enough, they give him a book him. Yep. Yeah, I feel like um, uh, Klopp, you know, has been way more uh, egregious with, with uh, refer- I mean, I don't mean like this season, but just in his career. And they're, as, they're all- so, is, so is Pochettino. He's gone, yeah. at, he's gone at refs. I mean, it's not unusual for, for it to happen, but they, they really have marked Arteta with this. And I, I do think we may be suffering a little bit for it. I remember at the time, and I was like, no, of course not. They're like, you know, why would they mark us out because of that? But I, I, I do now wonder if they have. Yeah, it's really weird. I mean, down to everything, even just his, you know, uh, his animation on the touchline is is too much. His celebrating victories is or goals is too much. I mean, he can't he can't do anything. No, I mean the, the booking that he got at Luton was an absolute disgrace. I mean, that is to me that says that that is a fraternity of referees that are looking out for him. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I believe that a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. His card's been marked and, and that's it. And that's, that could be a problem for us going forward. And I don't know now that it can be fixed. I think we've just got to deal with the consequences at this point. Yeah. Same. I mean, it's probably, it probably will be a little bit of a handicap. Uh, well, I, I feel like it already kind of has been, you know, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, but uh, it's got to be, it's just another reason why we have to be better. Yeah, we do. And to bring it back around to this weekend, it's um, it's Brighton oh, yeah. at home. This is, this is definitely a, a must-win game now after after the weekend's results. Um, Man, Man United go to Anfield, they're not getting anything there. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest, the only thing they're getting from there is an absolute tanning. So it's, yeah. I can't see, uh, I can't see anything other than a, other than a big, big win for Liverpool coming there. Um, and then Manchester City play Crystal Palace at home. So we absolutely have to beat Brighton at home. There's no there's no ifs or buts about it. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I was wondering, though, do you want to have a, a, a quick laugh at United? Or, or we are we above that? I mean... You know what? I'm, I'm more concerned at this point because I'm really concerned that they're going to sack Ten Hag and I'm really enjoying it. I think there's an argument that us, Manchester City and Liverpool should all get together. And agree to drop one game against them this year, right? So, so Liverpool agree because I'm worried if Liverpool beat him seven nil, he's going to get the sack. So, yeah. I think Liverpool should agree to drop points. And if they'll do that, then I think us and Manchester City should also agree to drop points against him at some point, just to try and keep him in the job. I mean, it will pay off in the long run, that's for sure. But I was I was talking to a couple of my mates, and uh, you know it, it's tough. Like I don't want to make this about United, but I mean if they sack him, I don't know where they go from here. You know, like he came in, tried to stamp his authority, uh, you know, change the uh, the culture, you know, and he, he's just failed at every mark. He's fallen out with players. They they have no style of play. They're out of the Champions League. They probably won't get top four. I mean, most definitely. 
I don't know where they go even with him, but without him, I mean. The one I heard today is that they've already spoken to Hulen Loptegi, the old Wolves manager. They've already no spoken way. to him about taking over. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what comes of that. I, I agree with you. I don't know where they turn off this. The, the thing is they've tried everything, right? Like, mm-hmm. like they let Ferguson pick his successor. So they went with Moyes. It didn't work with Moyes. So what do you do? Bring in a man who's won a load of European cups and stuff. They brought in Van Howe. That didn't work. Okay, let's bring in a man that's experienced in the Premier League, that's won the Premier League. They bring in Mourinho. That didn't work. So let's go for the exciting new thing. So they go and get Ten Hag, whose Ajax team were ripping it up. That hasn't worked. So I, I agree with I agree with you. I just you feel like there's something broken at that club, right? You feel like there's something rotten there. And I've felt like yeah. this with us before now. The yeah. last five years of the Wenger era, I I felt like that all the way through, really until we finally got got rid of everyone <laughs> literally everyone between that stood between Josh and the manager everybody went Sanyehi went yeah. you know we we went through every single director and we ended up coming out of it with Arteta and Edu yeah. and I, I I don't know I don't know if United have to do something similar and I don't know if they can and I also don't know they can live through it because everyone loves the idea of a re- rebuild until they're living through a rebuild yeah. Well, look at Chelsea right now. I feel like um, they've made a lot of changes. They're going young. They're trying something with the long contracts, whatever. But I mean, you know, I, I still have my doubts on if they're going to show the patience here. They're already on their, what, third manager? Yeah, I think Pochettino will get the sack, but I actually think he's yeah. going to outlast Ten Hag. I think Pochettino, I yeah, I think Pochettino is going to last into March or April. And yeah. I just don't see Ten Hag lasting that long. I think if they, Man United might give Ten Hag the FA Cup, right? Like they're, they're not going to win the title. They're obviously out of the out of Europe completely. So yeah. maybe they give him the FA Cup. And if they, once they're out of the FA Cup, then then bomb him out. I, I, I don't know. That's kind of the feeling that I'm getting though. Yeah, yeah. I think he's he's pretty much dead man walking. I'm expecting uh, votes of confidence probably coming out today, tomorrow. Um yeah, I think a big I think a big defeat at the weekend, and that's probably the end. Yeah. Is it are they at Anfield too? I haven't checked. Yes. Oh gosh. Well, I don't know. I mean, at least it'll be funny. Yeah, I mean it'll be it'll be fun for us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean it's gonna be much fun for much fun for them on national TV and, and worldwide TV getting smashed like that. Um, yeah, probably, probably not. Obviously, it would be incredibly beneficial for us if they could pull off a miracle and get something. But, th- I mean, the very fact that we're talking about it like this just shows you what a bad state that they're in. Because Manchester United going anywhere and you're saying, my God, it could be seven. <laughs> like, that that don't seem right. Yeah, and, you know, I, I actually, for the first time in a while, you know, they've been down since, you know, Fergie, for the most part. And, uh, you know, I always had this kind of inevitable feeling that they'd bounce back, you know, and, and this time I'm, I'm really just like, man, if they don't, if they don't absolutely gut the club and, and start over, uh, I, I see them kind of not, not really, even then you've got a, even then you've got to start over, right? Because like you brought up Chelsea and I think you're right to, because I think it's comparable. Chelsea tried to do, tried to gut it and start again. And they've made it, I think they've completely butchered it. I thought at the time when they were making all these signings that it was it was utter madness. And I think what they've done now, I mean, I'm already hearing that players want out and yeah. they've told their agents to find them a new club. But of course, they can't find a new club because they've got eight-year contracts. Chelsea don't want to pay them up. 
yep. the clubs, no one wants to buy them for with the contracts that they're on. So I, I don't know where they go from here. So that's an example. Everyone points at us, right? This is Rio Ferdinand was doing it on Twitter. This is, you know, Arteta finished eighth twice and Arsenal kept faith. But what everyone fails to realise is that they kept faith with Arteta because you could see an improvement, right? And I, I do think that had we not had the COVID time, then Arteta would have been out the door. But Probably. between the COVID time and the fact that we improved after that, you know, the end of that season, that then bought him the time to start the next season. And then obviously we had the progression of the year that we finished fifth. That's what earned him the time. We didn't just stick with him to stick with him. And I think people keep pointing at that and it's not necessarily applicable to everybody. Not everybody is Mikel Arteta and not every club is Arsenal. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I'm hearing a lot about a lot of that with, uh, with Ten Hag specifically at United, you know, um, that if they just give him a little more time, but I, I'm seeing regression with them, not really improvement. And I'm seeing them fall out with hundred million dollar well, players. And, and and... Look at it this way as well. One of the reasons we had this movement towards youth, but we hit on what, 90% of our transfers? I don't know that that's replicable. Like what we did in two years with those transfers is not normal. It's not normal to have the hit rate that we had. And if you look at Ten Hag's transfers, it's almost the inverse. Nearly every one of the players he's brought in has failed. So just giving someone more time is not the answer. Yeah, definitely. It, I mean, it, and it really shows too. I mean, I've got to give way more credit to, you know, Edu and, and co because what they've done in the transformation of the club is, is just nothing short of, of amazing, you know, and I, I know we've talked about this a hundred times, but just, you know, when you see it now, you see these other, you know, big clubs struggling to even do, you know, half of, a, of what we did, you know, in, in what three, three seasons, it's yeah. just, it's insane, mate. Yeah, no, it it is. I think we were incredibly fortunate that we basically stumbled for a really bad period and we ended up, I think we hit a little bit lucky with Arteta and Edu, to be honest. And I think the pair of them also hit a little bit lucky in in the fact that, like I said, I don't think that the success rate that they had with transfers is normal. I don't think that's something that you can like keep going with forever. Um, so I just, you know, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's exactly a replicable form, formula. Um, and I, I just, I'm grateful that it happened to us when it did. And having the emergence of, of, of Saka right there too. Yeah. You know and Martin, I mean? and just, Martinelli. And Martinelli. Yeah. You know, that saved yeah. us, that saved us a lot. And Saliba was, Saliba was there as well. I know he was on loan for a couple of years, but he's, he's, you know, he kicked us on again. So there's a lot of stuff there that it, it's not as simple as we'll just give your manager time because look at what happened with Arteta. That may not happen for you, but yeah. I'm all for him giving him some more time. Yeah, I mean, five years would do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think at this point, you know, I feel like he's probably a little bit lost, you know? Yeah, I, I, noticed... I, I think the end's going to, the end's coming there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, Matt. All right. Well, listen, let's let's leave that there for tonight. I know you've got a ton of stuff to do in a new country, but we'll try and uh, we'll try and get back on maybe over the weekend or or at the start of next week um, and uh, catch up with what goes on. Until then, um, enjoy the enjoy the new country, mate. And I will speak to you after we play Brighton. All right. Sounds good, mate. Have a good night. Good night. Bye. Bye. Okay.